Well, a couple of minutes ago, when we first got on the the, the comms with each other here, you asked me how I was, and I said good. <laughs> and that's not dishonest. It's not. It's not not true. That is uh, a lie. Um, but 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 it goes deeper. <laughs> There's more to it. I am exhausted. <laughs> I'm so freaking. I don't know if you can like hear it in my voice. I'm like. I'm rocking a coffee in front of me here. I got so right now it's <laughs> 11 a.m. Mm. Um, by the time I got home from work and Ooh. like you know and like wound down for half an hour, it was like 4:30 right. this morning. And I totally get that because like, so I think it's interesting because I think you and I are polar opposites in like mm-hmm. your work requires you to be out like Super till late. like. wee hours of the morning and mine is like the opposite like i started earlier but i feel like i can get the whole like because it was like a little thing that you buried in there but like when you get home and then you have to kind of like decompress for 30 minutes because even if you work late it's not that you can just like go home and hit the pillow like you just need to like mentally exhale yeah well uh, i came home and edited a podcast (laughs) (laughs) well there you go. Do you know what else is like another difference between you and me? And this is not like, <laughs> this is, it, it's not, um, it's not like one of us is better or one of us is more loyal or whatever <laughs> than the other. I just, I find it, it it's interesting to me mm-hmm. is um, that on four hours of sleep, my mentality is. Wow, this is this is this is the time that we have this week in order to report record the podcast. So I'm gonna <laughs> get a coffee into me and wake up, and it's just gonna be one of those four hour sleep nights. Whereas yeah. I feel like if 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 <laughs> roles were reversed, and I was like, hey man, like you know, this morning's like really the only time that I think we can get together and record this podcast. Uh, You'd be like, ah, uh, you know, I not think not a chance. Yeah, we might just have to skip this week. I've only gotten like four hours of sleep and blah blah blah. Full and- disclosure, I would be like, not only not today, <laughs> but we might be taking next week off too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. or like whatever. I got whatever the example is. Yeah. And what's funny is like, and in that situation, like you know, I'd mm-hmm. be super understanding. But there is like a mm-hmm. there's just like a small part of me that would be like, oh come on, you moron! I I'd, I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be up and come on, strap on the you know, drink your kombucha and eat your wheaties and <laughs> let's yeah. pitter patter, man. But and I think I wonder too if it also we're getting deep into the weeds and we have introduced the show and then we'll get deeper into this intro. Hello and welcome <laughs> to the Batman. To the Batman. To the Movie Med Podcast. I am Peter, and that is Brady. I think it also. Oh, I'm disappointed. Normally what? you. Give me some sort of adjective, oh, and okay. and today and my, was perfect because I'm exhausted. My coffee loving friend is braiding coffee. I'm basically like coffee snorting <laughs> at this point. I'm like, if I if I knew how and wasn't aware. Look, like I don't have any. I really don't have any medical science background, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it, intravenous coffee is probably one of those you die real quick kind of things. So, But if it wasn't, I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. 
I feel like, so jumping back into what we were talking about, I feel like it's also why it's one of the weird things that we even have a podcast because you are very, (laughs) well, I think it speaks into our personalities because you are very into the entertainment sector, the, the content creation sector. Mm -hmm. And just as a human being, you like to talk. Like you like human interaction. I get it. I yeah. And I do too. (laughs) I do too. But there are times that just like talking exhausts me, and so I think if I'm ever on the fence, like in the example you give, I'm just like, you know what, my introverted, how talking to people drains me. Mm -hmm. If I'm ever on the fence, that's why I'm just like, you know what, boom. Yeah. I'm 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 ghosting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. have you ever taken, uh, just out of curiosity, <laughs> have you ever taken caffeine pills? No, I haven't. Like I've, like any, like up, uh, sorry, not any, like many human beings, I consume caffeine mm-hmm. beverage wise, but I have not just popped a pill, so to speak. Yeah. And neither have I. Um, and I think part of it, like really what it boils down to me is it's like, it, it makes it, I don't know, it, it like... For me, it, like, bridges the gap between, like, oh, I consume caffeine to making it, like, oh, I have a caffeine dependency. Do you know right, what I Like, right. if if I'm, like, oh, I really need some caffeine, well, that's this is a fantastic moment to enjoy a nice coffee or, or you know, treat myself to an energy drink or, like, whatever it is. Like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get a, a, a flavor that comes along with this, right? Where if it's just, like... Oh, I need caffeine. I'm gonna take this pill with some water and wait for it to kick in. I don't know. That's boring. I agree. Just because even like foodies or you know, there's the people that live to eat or eat to live, and there are the people that are like, okay, I'm a bodybuilder, so I'm eating this many grams of protein and etc. and carbs and whatever. And so yeah. it's like a it's a science, and that's how they eat. As with there are the people that are like, I'm here to enjoy the food, like the, whether it's yeah. the varieties of flavors and colors and tastes and textures, and kind of like with you, it's like when it's, it becomes a science where you're popping like, hey, I'm due for my caffeine supplement, I'm just gonna pop that. Like, no, it's like, hey, I want to savor and like sip on this beverage to a perk me up, but b just like just have like these momentary moments of just enjoyment. If they started making burger patties with acetaminophen in it, I'd do away with Tylenol. (laughs) I wouldn't need, you know, I'd be like, I'd be like, I got a headache or I'm kind of sore or whatever. And I need some, I need some pain relief. All right. Fire up the grill. I feel like that is a date like that would be a dangerous road to go down i feel like you need a these are not that you need a prescription for acetaminophen normally but i feel like you would need a prescription for burgers (laughs) tylenol burgers yeah and now i'm picturing like just how everything that's prescription controlled is like abused and like sold on the streets i'm picturing some guy in a trench coat in an alley being like hey kid Want, want some burgers? Like, want some burgers? And he's like, "No, my mom says burgers are bad." Do you remember? Uh, was it the the Burt Reynolds, Adam Sandler, the remake of The Longest Yard, the football oh, movie? Yeah. yeah. And Terry Crews' character in that is like his job is he's like smuggling McDonald's in. He's got like Big Macs for days or whatever. That's totally what I'm. Yeah, 
Totally what I'm picturing. You'd just be like the burger guy. <laughs> Anyways, we're here for a reason. We are. We're here because this is our MO, our bread and butter of the podcast. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're known for mm-hmm. is votes, letting the audience vote and tell us what to review. So we go year by year back in time and give various film options for the audience to tell us and give their feedback. And whether you're the lay fan, who we still appreciate and, and give their votes, or our uh, Patreon supporters who have bonus votes and their votes count for uh, exponentially more based on uh, our tiers that you can see on Patreon. The link is below. We uh, let the audience choose. And this week was a vote, the third vote from 1993, where we had films such as Schindler's List, mm-hmm. And what's eating Gilbert Grape? Mm-hmm. The coincidentally, the Super Mario Brothers, nineteen ninety three, and then the ultimate winner, The Secret Garden. Why is that coincidental? Because um, you're super, and I'm super, and, and we're both that, Italian. Yes. Well, I mean, I like pasta, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, just uh, as you're alluding to, you know, a lot of people were commenting on it saying, hey, you know, if this wins, you should re- review Super Mario Brothers and the new Mario movie that is out in theaters. Today. Which is specifically why you were ro- rooting against it. <laughs> you're like, hell to the no. It would have been a real ethical dilemma if it had won. I would have been like, oh, gosh. Guess you're like, you know, this. all's fair and or all, all things being equal. And, you know, like, really, really, we, we like to put our best foot forward and, and appease the audience and to, but no, to hell with that. Yeah, that was <laughs> kind of the mentality. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Secret Garden won. Yeah. But yeah. it was quite well well received. Schindler's List, you and I talked about it. it for Not some reason, it just wasn't a hot uh, commodity in this vote. Yeah, and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it was too heavy, but that doesn't seem... Maybe. Like, I don't know. It's still, it's like... Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Citizen Kane. Well, yeah, right. it's, it's like a it's heavy... Claimed, it's yeah. a heavy film, but sit down and watch Citizen Kane. Like, come on. Mm. Like... You know, yeah. I've yet to see Schindler's List, mm. and so that's um, that's on the to do. I was kind of hoping I was because mm. it's kind of one of those things that like it's on my list, and I know I have to watch it, but I'm never in the mood to watch it. Right, I'm I, never it, I'm never in the it, mood to take that on. Yes, I get it. And so, being given have having. Having that decision removed from me would have been like the perfect excuse to finally right. see it. This um, is the time, yeah. So, yeah, but not meant to be. Yeah. What's Eating Gilbert Grape got a decent response, but the real two heavyweights were Super Mario Brothers and then ultimately The Secret Garden, which until this vote, I had never even heard of A, the film, and then when I found out it was based on a book, I had never heard of the book either. So this was completely foreign to me which is ludicrous to me like it's actually genuinely ludicrous to me that that you don't know this so yeah it's a 1911 novel by francis hodgins burnett um it's like 
yeah, like a, a hugely acclaimed book. Yeah. It's not some like, you know, little right. rinky dink. Um, and there's been, as I was kind of talking about with you, like the first version, the first movie version of this book was made in 1919. So eight yeah. years after the release of the book, there's a 1949 right. one. I knew about the 49. I didn't know about the earlier one. That's insane. Obviously, there's this 1993 one. Um, mm-hmm. There's a really kind of low budget uh, 2017 one. Mm. Then there's a 2020 one. Hmm. And then there's been, um, there's a 1960 TV serial, a 1987 TV movie. There's a 1994 animated version of it, um, which is actually on YouTube, and I was able to track down. Um, Hmm. And then there was, uh, between 1991 and 1992, there was a, in Japan, there was an anime adaptation. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it's, and then there's been stage, like, we can get into radio productions of it in, over the years, we can get into stage productions of it, we can get into, yeah, it's like... It's it's a very iconic book. So I, I you know. again, I'm also surprised when I couldn't when I hadn't heard of it either. And so that like that's the type of thing is because I was sitting down when I sat down to watch this. I'd seen this years and years and years and years and years ago, and we'll get into the history of my connection to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you may look at a film. From an outsider perspective, for you coming in, you may look at the 1993 Secret Garden, and you might think to yourself, what what drew Maggie Smith to this? Like, how, how do you land Maggie Smith? <laughs> and ultimately, what it would come down to is, you know, Maggie Smith, I'm sure, would have been well aware of the source material. Mm. Um, and... Mrs. Medlock is like, again, is like, it, it's an opportunity to play. It's not on the same level as, but it's kind of like asking someone, do you want to take a crack at the Joker? Right. Right? Well, it, or- it's, and it's nowhere near to the same level, but it, it's kind of one of those, this is a well-known, interesting, yeah. fictional character that, there's been several interpretations of several adaptations of, um, and so do you want to be the next one, right? Or, or you know what it would be like. I, and again, it doesn't have near the same popularity as Christmas Carol, but it'd be mm, like saying, "Do you want to be say, Jacob Marley?" That's well, and that's what I was going to say. It's it to me. I think it more sounds like a situation where it's um, Michael Caine. Where in that case, you know, he he did it because his children were interested yep. in the Muppets. Maybe maybe in this case, she whether it was for family members or just for just being part of a childhood narrative. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably part or, of it. Or, right? or really, I mean, the, the book came out in 1911. So when yeah, you know, um, maybe she grew up with the story. Yeah, if it came out in 1911, mm-hmm. and Maggie Smith was born in. Probably not 1934. The oh, the 34. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's quite- Yeah, maybe she grew up with it. Possibly. Because it, it, it is, I think, at its heart, like it's a 375-page book. It's no little itty-bitty, like, you know, your kids sit mm. and read it before bed kind of book. 
Um, <laughs> but I think it is technically probably a children's novel. I don't know. I'm not seeing anything here that specifically says it's a children's novel. It's definitely a children, a child-friendly story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and a lot of the film adaptations I've seen, definitely they've geared it to be sort of that family kind of film. Um, but yeah, it's it's also like even the dialogue, like some of the dialogue in this is. Actually, the dialogue in the movie, which at times is very thick and sort of indicative of this period of time in England, um, is actually kind of dumbed down from the novel. Hmm. Like, it's a thick read. It's not like reading Shakespeare, but it's also not... Easy, easy to get through if you're, you know, like I remember right. the first time I ever, I was in grade three when I first discovered this book, knew about this book. And, and yeah, like it had to be explained to me, what is a moor? Right. <laughs> right. It's like this hill out, you know, the hill out or this house that's out in the middle of the moor. Well, what the hell is a moor? Hmm. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a lot of language in it that, that is not stuff that we would use today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take a stab and say that you probably don't have trivia. Is that? Not for this puppy, no. Yeah, yeah. son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> That's, uh, no, it's, I mean, it is what it is. It's, you know, you letting, letting the fans down, but, uh, <laughs> but don't feel, but don't feel bad about it, right? Like, like I, you screwed up royally, but just, I don't want you to feel. You have to follow, <laughs> you have to follow the gut and, uh-huh. uh, for me, like say when we were doing Jurassic Park, my gut was feeling trivia. Mm-hmm. For for this film, I I was not feeling it. So, uh, so I have two questions for you then. Uh, interesting. Yeah, what well known actor turned down the role of Colin Craven? Was offered the role and said, "Nah, eh, not for me." Colin, now could you remind me, Colin Craven again? The super sick, not so sick, pale, pasty cousin. Oh, uh, okay. So I, for some reason, I thought if it was the uncle, then I was going to say Sean Connery. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess I'll just go with a sign of the times and just be like Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, uh, that's a good guess. But no, he would have been. I think he would have been a oh bit too. too wow, well, I was going to say bit too young. Yeah. No, I mean maybe he would have been age appropriate. Um, it would have been borderline. Yeah. Uh, no. No, you're wrong. Who is it? Elijah Wood. Can you imagine <laughs> oh, those makes... blue eyes with that pale skin, those blue eyes shining through? Yeah. I think my two thoughts are one, that checks out because, you know, he is, I'm picturing him in Forever Young with Mel Gibson. And so that's around the same period. So that checks out. Mm-hmm. And I'm also picturing Return of the King, how much of a whiny brat he was in that film. And so that checks out for this film when mm-hmm. he's. Being a whiny brat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just kidding. That's actually a joke. I do like Elijah Wood. One more question. Are you ready, sir? I hope so. And this is, my, I'll give you multiple choice. I realized the last one was kind of. <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, what well known actress auditioned for the role of Mary Lennox? Was it A, hmm. Kristen Stewart? B, hmm. Kirsten Dunst. Oh. C. 
Uh, oh, wait, where's my list here? <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Because I'm not even sure who it actually was. <laughs> and T. Oh, okay. Sean Connery. No, 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 I got this. <laughs> or C. <laughs> or C, Lindsay Lohan. Uh, okay, I feel like Lindsay Lohan is too young. Okay. Uh... I, I'm probably I gonna know, say I I don't even know when she was born. Lindsay. <laughs> My thoughts are like Kirsten Dunst was a child actor around this time in Interview with a Vampire, so it kind of checks out. But I'll go with Kirsten Stewart. Or did you say Kirsten Bell or Kirsten Stewart? Kirsten Stewart. Yeah, I'll go with like Kirsten Bella Stewart. from Twilight. Twilight. Oh wait, sorry. Never mind. Never mind. I thought you meant in my mind. I pictured Kirsten Bell. Okay, I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with uh, Mary Jane Watson, the old. You are correct. Actually, Lindsay, oh. Lindsay Lohan would have been. A uterus? She or would, a uterus? Uh, no, she would have been uh, Carrie the One. She would have been nine. Uh, no. Oh. Eight. Yeah. She would have been eight. So, so not out of no. the question. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen Stewart would have been three. Yeah, that's a hard sell. <laughs> that's uh it's a little tricky to <laughs> you know it's a little tough um but yeah so there there you have it there you have it uh so let's hop into this let's can we talk about cast before we go any further of course uh so as previously mentioned we have the wonderful maggie smith um, is Maggie Smith, yeah, she's from Essex, right? Like, she's British. She is British. I don't know where she's from, but yeah. It, is it? Is it? it? Like, is it? And I'm just not, how is it not? It's not. How? Oh, no, it is. Okay, perfect. I was, I was like, how is it not Dame Maggie Smith? But it mm. is. She, she is a dame. Okay. Because I was like, I, I, at this point, you know, like you think um, Dame Judy Dench, you think stuff like that, right? And you're like, Maggie Smith to me is in that conversation, right? Mm. Like you don't have a you don't have an actress like Maggie Smith from your country, from a country that is known for knighting people and giving people, I I don't know what you damehood or whatever it is, <laughs> right? And and not, you know not tap her shoulders with a sword at some point like she is she's she belongs in that conversation so the wonderful (laughs) maggie smith who even though this film is 30 years old now uh still looks still looks like she's 80 in this like i don't know (laughs) she looks the same age in I'm basing this off of like Harry Potter in this yeah. because that's like ninety percent of what I've seen her in. I mean, Harry Potter but, at this point, to be fair, is only like seven years off. Yeah, so there's not a huge age difference. That's that's actually true. But I, I feel like yeah, I feel like but I'm still gonna say that in my mind she's always looked like that. She's like she's your grandparent. Always been old. She's like a grandparent that you never realize, you know, as a child, you're like, oh, they were never young. They were never children. They were just always 70 years old. Like nobody remembers. It's like Helen Mirren. Do you remember? Mm. I mean, Helen Mirren's been acting since she was like 20. Hmm. Interesting. Do you know any young Helen Mirren movies? No. None. None. Right? Betty White. Right. Wasn't wasn't Betty White just always old? Like, (laughs) you know, it's kind of one of those. And I don't mean that in, in... 
an insulting no, no, no. way. It's like no, that no. was part of that's part of the charm. Um, that's really kind. Maggie Smith is really where the super recognizable cast members kind of come to an end. Um, right. You have Kate Maberly playing Mary Lennox. Now Kate's gone mm-hmm. on to do a bunch of different things. She was in Finding Neverland with Johnny Depp and Kate Winslet. Um, so that's, that's not nothing. Um, that's kind of, I would say next to the secret garden, that's kind of it for her big iconic roles. Um, or or like, you know, high end movie. There's like boogeyman three and (laughs) yeah, stuff like that. Um, the last thing she acted in did come out this year. It was oh, called wow. 1066, but it it looks like it's uh, like, I don't some ridiculous. It looks like I'm looking at the poster for it and it's like a Viking movie. Hmm. And you know, when a movie comes out, that's like, oh, it's the snow, you know, they'll, they'll release or like when Little Mermaid comes out in couple of weeks or whatever it is right when little mermaid comes out you know there'll be like 17 low budget <laughs> knockoff right films that also come out about the little mermaid or the same it looks like that it looks like it's not actually a high it looks like a knockoff movie um so she hasn't been in a lot of big crazy important things mm. um andrew not played dickon the friend Mar- uh, Martha's younger brother, the animal tamer. Never heard of him. The, the kid that just carries three-day-old sheep around like it's no <laughs> big deal. Um, yeah, he was in an episode of Black Mirror. Hmm. Um, Babylon. Like It looks like he's just done oh. a bunch of TV work. Okay. Um, but like one episode of Babylon, not like, you know... He's not like the Babylon guy. Um, he was in Black Beauty immediately following the Secret Garden. Hmm. So it looks like he kind of had one of those trajectories where it was like, oh, this kid might turn into something. We're going to put him in some big things. Um, and then I I don't know if he got ugly or what it was, but they just stopped like casting it. Well, that's what they do with children actors, right? They're like, ah, you know, you're not as cute as you were. Right. Right? When's the last time you saw Haley Joel Osment in something? <laughs> or Mara Wilson or Macaulay Culkin for that matter right it's mm. Hollywood so so um, they're so shallow so you know um, and then really the only other big one is Hayden Prowse played um, Archibald Craven Uncle Uncle Craven um, and he's been in a small smattering of things that don't really matter and no one should care about hmm so that's kind of the cast in a nutshell. Um, Initial impressions? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy. I told you I'm tired, right? <laughs> I'm exhausted. That's okay. Um, look, I, I this, this film for me has its... My review is tainted by nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Right, my my yep. not my review isn't tainted. My my ability to approach this objectively is is tainted by nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I not only owned this film as a kid, um, but uh, this the same teacher I've talked about in the past, the same teacher that read 
The Hobbit to me and introduced me to the world of Tolkien. Oh, neat. Read us The Secret Garden and then subsequently hmm. showed us the film, showed us this film and the um, the 87 TV film. Mm. Um, so I, I grew up, this is like, for me, this is, this is a foundational piece <laughs> of literature, this mm. book. Um, it is one of the core pillars that has built my taste in literature because it was, you know, one of the first, it's w- w- the f- one, within the first three, like actual, not a Robert Munch or Dr. Zeus book that I was exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. so it's important to me in that sense. It's a better book than it is a movie. And that's, I think, often the case with mm. book-to-film adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things that they kind of have to brush over. There's some things that they have to kind of cut out and just, like, speed up real quick, right? We'll get into the fact that at 10 years old, he's never used his legs, and 36 <laughs> hours later, he's running, skipping, and jumping. Yeah. Um, that's a much and that, like, longer... the legs aren't just, like pieces of like bone with skin on like top. useless like, like they've actually they don't even need to be amputated they've kind of just fallen off on their own <laughs> um it, right like I, yeah eat the bed sores that this kid would have <laughs> legs would be all like necrotic and yeah it's right. but um yeah. it's that's something that like it's a much longer process in the yeah. the movie makes it look like it's you know a day <laughs> a and a half um, yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, drink it, drink, eat your greens. Um, <laughs> but having said that, I do still think that this is a really enjoyable, a really well-crafted film um, with an excellent story. And, uh, and I had a lot of fun. I haven't seen it in like, oh gosh, uh... Like 16, 17 years. Um, And so I had a lot of fun going back and watching this. What are your initial impressions? Be gentle. I didn't like this movie. I straight up, (laughs) it was pretty bad. What? Now, I've got a whole preamble here that I want to get into because I am trying to be fair to this. So I, I already talked about, I've covered the points that it was, the book and the film was unheard of to me. And I touched on how well-received it was by our voters. I want to tap into here. So on Rotten Tomatoes, by a critic score, it has 88%. Yeah. An audience score here, here. of 80%. So a here, little here. bit lower, but still strong. Mm-hmm. I, I went full homework on this one. I watched some online reviews. I even went back to... <laughs> 1993 and watched an At The Movies, Sissel and Ebert review, and they both gave it a thumbs up. So this movie got two thumbs up from them. You're like, like someone pointy- tell, were you like investigatively searching for what am I missing? Like Honestly, <laughs> yes. Someone, someone convinced me? <laughs> that's the best way to articulate it. I'm just, I was like, I didn't like this. People voted for this. Brady loves this. What am I missing? <laughs> Honestly. And you listen, I adored the time period in general. 
and I usually don't mind. Actually, I, I also usually don't mind this time period in England as well. Like that's like two things. That's like great if you well, mix those good. two things. That's great. <laughs> it's good. But here's otherwise, the thing. otherwise, you'd essentially be saying, "I really love this time period." Just oh, for the love of God, not in England. <laughs> <laughs> I really, yeah. Here's the thing. I think I would have preferred a story set in India. I loved about the first five minutes of this film exponentially way more aesthetically like the opening music i really enjoyed the color and the visual tones of the opening five minutes and i felt like it would have been a more unique backdrop that i just had never seen before so that i think like i felt like i got really perked up and then when it turned in like i had no idea this would end up in england so it was a surprise to me that we ended up in this uh english in english uh, mansion so on the moor a moor the moor so when i was Thought, thinking there was a chance that this was all going to be taking place in England, I thought, wow, this is kind of unique. I've never seen this before. And then it turned out I still haven't seen that before. So um, I, I I think it's just tough to critique because I actually, believe it or not, I'm just not just saying this. I do have some interest in the underlying story. And I don't know if I have interest in checking out the other film or television adaptations of this because they seem to have varying levels of goodness like there's you know um I, i'm actually kind of intrigued to check out the 1911 one just from a historical perspective but the more modern day ones i don't yeah. know if there's any that would be more quote-unquote well done than this one just because you know you've got maggie smith you've got an actual production value etc etc so yeah my point is I think my critique on this is not the underlying story or the book. It can't be the book because I've not read the book, but it's not so much the underlying story, but just the film to me really didn't hit with me. And I don't know, don't know why I'm so uh, apart from literally everyone who loves this film. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got a couple ideas and we'll get into that later, but I will say that the 1987 one, the TV, TV movie one, Mm. Um, it has an audience score of 78. It doesn't have, it's only got one review from a critic, so it's sure. not, um, you know, but the critic gave it a, a, a fresh, right? Like he did thumbs up mm. it. Yeah. Um, it is more, <clears throat> I don't know, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> this is me being half asleep. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a better film. I will tell you that like right off the bat, it is more, faithful to the book so there like there are some strange changes to this film and i don't know if they're i don't know if it was to like clean it up and make it more kid friendly Mm. okay um so like the biggest one for me this was just kind of like oh this is like I don't understand this change aside from it was maybe deemed not children appropriate. I'll read you the first couple of sentences here of the plot summary. And you tell me where you notice an immediate change. (laughs) Okay, here we go. At the turn of the 20th century, this is the plot summary for the book, sorry, not the the film. At the turn of the 20th century, Mary Lennox is a neglected, an unloved 10-year-old girl born in British India to wealthy British parents who never wanted her and made an effort to ignore her. Okay, so, so far we're tracking. Yeah. She is cared for primarily by native servants Mm. who allow her to become 
spoiled, demanding, and self-centered. Okay, perfect. Checks out. After a cholera epidemic kills Mary's parents, the few surviving servants flee the house without Mary. So in the book and in the 1987 one, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cholera that hmm. knocks everybody out, which is actually far more, like, traumatizing. It's, it, it's it's more traumatizing. It's got like some period historical accuracy. Oh, interesting. like you can kind of buy into that and go, okay, yeah, yeah, for sure, right? Like cholera would that be a real issue? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it's actually, and then there's like a whole scene in the 1987 one where these soldiers find Mary, and she's been like hiding out in this this house and there's like dead bodies around with like flies buzzing and like rotting food and stuff Jeez. she's been like left in this house she was completely abandoned which kind of then helps justify some of Mary's attitude mm. during this whole process like during going to like she's had a real rough go of it yeah she's still a spoiled little brat but it kind of you know, like there's a little more to it than, and so that's the only thing that I can, you know, that it was more PG that her parents leave the room and then everything just kind of starts shaking and then it cuts and then she's in London now. Yeah. That's but, right. Yeah. So I, w- I do recommend the 1987 one. I do like it because it looks like, yeah, you're you got Colin Firth and. A couple familiar faces in there. In the 1987 one? No, Colin Firth's in the new one. The 2020 one. Is he in the 1987 one too? No, it might just be Google being Google. Because that would be incredible. Yeah, let me look it up. Uh, I'm wondering if... Because I did type in the 1987 one and for some reason his name... Oh, you're just looking at the... You're not on like IMDb or anything. You're just looking at the... No, I'm just looking that up now. Yeah, no, Mm. I kind of doubt it. No, he's not. But oh, that, that would he is, been... he is. Adult Colin Craven, Colin Firth. Adult, right. So they do, that's that's right. So the strange thing that they do in the 1987 one, which I don't mm. believe is book accurate, is um, it's all kind of told years later. Like the, the, the beginning of the book and the end of the book or the beginning of the, the movie and the end of the movie, it, it's like Mary's a grown-up now and she's going back and revisiting the garden. And while in the garden as an adult, she thinks back and reminisces. And the whole thing's kind of a, you know, it, mm-hmm. kind of like what they did with the Hobbit films, right? Where yeah. it starts out and it's modern day and Frodo's there bumming around like a moron and... <laughs> All this stuff, and then and then it's like, well, I may not have told you all of the truth, and then you know we get th- three films of trash from a certain um, point of view. Yeah, exactly. So actually, okay, so you got Julian Glover, Colin Firth, and uh, Derek Jacoby. So you got some familiar faces. I I think if I were to check one out, the nineteen eighty seven one would be the way to go. I would, yeah, do it, man. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Um. So you don't like this? Tell me. Tell me why you're wrong, and um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me let me th- okay. What I'll do is I'll run through. I've got like a quick grocery list of things that I think were poor, and then I'll just f- finish it off on like my actual problem 
with the film because the, the the you'll see my list is like being maybe a bit petty, maybe a bit funny, but um, I I found it peculiar that like two thirds way through the film, the Secret Garden wasn't that main of a plot point. Not to the point where I was expecting it to be. Like I was just waiting for, like I thought it was going to be magical or they would be pl- spending more time there. Like for me, it seemed like it wasn't until the final third of the film where it really just kind of came to. So I, I just found that confusing. I, <laughs> this is, I don't know where else to put this. I just found it cringe where the little sick boy's like, I want to marry. And she's like, but we're cousins. And he's like, I don't care. And yeah, I was and like, can oh, I address that? Because you can. Because I watched this with Brienne, and Brienne was put off by that as well. <laughs> Weren't we all? And and it didn't bother me at all. And it's it is book accurate. And I think the mm. two reasons, like my mentality around this dialogue mm. is two things. One, they're ten. I know they and don't mean it. Ten-year-olds are stupid. They just and, well, and they, like even he goes on to say like I just want to be around you forever, like friends. So it's like yeah, and 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 I don't mean that like uh, you know like is I know we covered this we covered this the other day, but your your mm-hmm. eldest child, how old is your eldest child? Almost four. Right, and I mean this not rudely. I don't mean this in any disrespectful way whatsoever, but in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things, your four-year-old is dumb. Your four-year-old mm. doesn't know. Your four-year-old is does, can't tell a good joke and can't, you know, what like they just don't I get the world. I beg to differ. Some of her jokes are okay, funny. But, yeah, okay, but okay, but you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They and so at 10, you just don't like I remember I remember being or I don't know if I actually remember this or if it's just been told to me but like in kindergarten I had a quote unquote I'm doing air quotes right now I had a mm. girlfriend that <laughs> would come over and swing on my swings in the backyard and you know blah 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 and and yeah. the way my mom tells the story is yeah like we had me and this girl had a total plan to get married <laughs> right like that was we were that was kind of it and yeah and I haven't talked to this girl in like 20 years now but but and and even though we weren't related, that was just as ludicrous. Like, it was mm. just as ridiculous. So that's one thing. The other thing is that this is the turn of the 20th century. This is like 1903 that this is set in. And although, yes, it would still be an issue, um, it sort of compounds the fact that they're 10 and mm. that the idea of like now we have we have all this media we have the internet we have you know blah 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 and the stuff that young kids are aware of nowadays is tenfold compared to what they were used to or aware of back then i guarantee you go up to any kid in the early 1900s and you ask them to tell you what incest is they have no idea (laughs) right not the way that like kids like the vocabulary of kids now and what they're exposed to and what they see and the jokes on the playground and the and the Mm. blah 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 and so to me it it wasn't a line that bothered me at all because Mm. i was like they're 10 it's the early 1900s so it's not like we're you know nobody's nobody's making fun of other kids on the playground for being incestuous like it's just it's not it's just not a thing it's a totally different time that this is set in and yeah. and 
and there's parts of the world where you know i don't know i don't know the history of early 1900s england but maybe Mm. you could marry your cousin i don't know it's it's not that far-fetched of an idea right Mm -hmm. because things have changed so much but so anyways i just wanted to because it bothered brianne as well so it wasn't just like you she was like oh this is that's kind of weird and i'm like yeah but it is but it's 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 just as weird as any other dialogue that hasn't aged well because Mm. it's it's a different time t- contextually set in a different era yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's those are all fair points cringe for me but it, with the context you know you have to break it back a bit um i found this funny and I, 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 again i didn't know where else to put this but this whole uncle bit where you know what a time to be a rich aristocrat like <laughs> literally what does he do all day like oh i'll be away till winter like doing what like what? Yeah. What do you bumming at some hotel he goes to or something? Like what do you do for twelve hours a day? Like, oh uh, yeah. Um, I uh, back to like actual critiques of the film, the costume and design and the color tones I found quite average, and I think that's what I found disappointing. Other than the opening credits, everything from there was a little bit disappointing. And I found really? Maggie Smith was a bit misused or underused, and I, I guess it. Uh, I'd have to know a bit more specifically about her character from the book, but I just feel like in this in this movie, she's really one-dimensional for me. She's not heartwarming. She's only a menace, and mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been interesting to have a bit more of a complex, you know, maybe you peel away the layers and she becomes a bit more interesting. So I think that that was a bit of a drop for me, aside from getting a hoot out of seeing her and, you know, us following her presence in Harry Potter. And so I think that is book accurate though. That like okay. the role of so like what would have gone through Mary or Maggie Smith's head when being asked do you want to play do you want to take your crack at Mrs. Medlock? Mm. It would be do you want to play this literacy semi iconic villain? That it is a villainous mm. role. She is she is the the antagonist of right. this film, right? Yeah. Because even like she, there is no, um, there's no, there's no redemption for her character. Mm. It, she doesn't come around, and she they, she kind of does at the end. Like she's smiling and and happy, and she kind of has like a warming of her heart thing. But we don't really get to see that or dive into it because it doesn't really matter. She's kind of already played the role that she needs to. She's mm. like, it's it it basically really the end of her character is Archibald Craven kind of telling her to go suck an egg. <laughs> like realizing that you know, because all because she really is she's Archibald Craven's suck up. Right, she's a total. Oh, yeah, she's a total time. kiss ass, and so basically, you have this story where Archibald Craven has he's he's not a healthy man. He's not like sick, sick. Like I don't understand why he's yeah. He's got a hump on his back, right? Which yeah. I mean, maybe it's um like I don't know if they. I can't remember if they dive into this in the book. Maybe the guy's got a big tumor on his back. I don't know, right? We don't mm. know what the why he's right. got a hunch. Yeah. Um, and so it is possible that his that you know he's 
terminal and that you know the fear is that if if Colin gets the same hump then you know I don't know it's the early 1900s I don't know what we knew about cancer and what we didn't right, right. It's, it could be hereditary or it's 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 mm-hmm. contagious or it's you know whatever it is <laughs> yeah. um but it's it's so basically he my understanding of it and I think the way it's presented in the book is that he it pains him too much to be around his child right like the loss yeah. of his wife for sure broke him mm-hmm. completely in an unhealthy way he never recovered from that mm-hmm. and so the idea that Colin is so sick has just been perpetuated by this and mm-hmm. and has been he's he's it's kind of the lie that's being told in order to lock him away so that he can't be seen mm. and can't, you know, tug on those heartstrings of Archibald Craven. And so Maggie Smith, being the suck-up to Archibald, is <laughs> is kind of, you know, this is the lie, whether she believes it or not. I think she does. She believes that Colin's sick. Um, but she is, yeah, she's the enforcer, right? She's the, she's the, the, the witless jail guard that is just kind of there to to enforce the rules and get in the way Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so i think my ultimate critique here would would, could be summarized by saying i had trouble finding out what type of film this was and again i didn't know anything about the story and i didn't want to know anything about it just because i wanted to be immersed in it and be have it take me on its journey so when i was watching this I I just had this confusion of what tone it was trying to take, and I just wanted to to pick one tone and kind of lean into it. So uh, there were moments of I was wondering if we were going to have some magic and some wonder, or some tones of some eeriness and spookiness. So we've got like spooky elements of the deceased aunt and this mystery of the the mysterious garden and then you've got you know the magical elements of like this garden itself that is able to grow and you know it's a a mystery and then you jump back into spooky elements where mary's alone and is hearing someone crying in this mansion and then you jump back and have this magical element of children learning these three children specifically growing together and supporting each other and helping each other to perform miracles of walking for the first time in their lives And then you jump back into spooky elements of creepy dreams about mother saying, come to me and come to me and uh, the mother disappearing in a garden, you know, and I just felt like I really thought this movie would be going in a spooky direction and then it would change directions and then it would change back. And I just really had trouble finding a pulse. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I could have handled it a bit more if it had just leaned into one or the other, but all this jumping around was a bit too confusing for me. Right. So, I mean, at at its heart, the story is about relationships. It's about mm-hmm. Mary's growth. It's about um, Mary coming and, and sort of through the process of changing herself, also being the savior to this father and son. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the garden, although that's the title of the book, it's just a clever title for the book. Like it... True. The garden was only ever this MacGuffin that was sort of there as a plot furthering device. Um, mm. And and interestingly, the 2020 version, 
which I have not sat through and watched, um, but have sk- seen the trailer and have kind of skipped through, I think it's on Crave or something. I've like skipped mm. through the film just to kind of see bits and pieces to like watch the moments that I wanted to see. Like I wanted to see their take on it. Mm. And <clears throat> they took a much more, they do, they like mystify it all. And, and, and it almost becomes like the magic garden instead of the secret garden. Hmm. And that did absolutely nothing except for put me off of that film hmm. in a very big way. I was like, nope, this is, this is trash. This is mm. not what the story is. And so I saw I saw that and and literally my thought was, oh well they've they've missed the point. Mm-hmm. Right? They've missed the point. They don't they don't know what, what this is to supposed to be. But then I'd argue that this movie's missed the point too, is with it then just focus it exclusively on relationships instead of having like weird spook at least what I perceived as weird spooky tones that for me, we're misdirecting. Right. Um, I, I, when I say that the 2020 version missed the point, I'm saying it like, my question is, did you even read the book? And so <laughs> I I think, I think I would, so do, do you read? Can you read? Do you read? I, I tried once, but it didn't work out well. No? Yeah, you, I imagine it's just hard for you to find time to read, right? Yeah, that, that's probably more it. I would highly, I very much want you to read this book. I think you would enjoy it thoroughly. Mm. Um, like I said, it's 375 pages. It's So it's not a short book, but it's also not like a monster. You right? know, if I read this book, I'm in my head going to read it in like a British accent. I, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for like a really thick like Irish accent from Martha, <laughs> and you have to because it's written that way. Like her dialogue in the book is like hard to read because it's mm. written in this thick Irish. Um, but yeah, so I I don't know I yeah. Um, are you done? Are you done crapping on this? Can I? I am. Um, okay. I think the only crampy thing that I'll have left to say is. When you when it makes sense, I'll write. I'll go over my decent elements. But now okay. that I'm looking at them, they're pretty, pretty few. Okay, so I thought that on on it going back and and watching it again and seeing it, you know, for the first time in years, first time with adult eyes, mm. um, the acting, like for them being ten years old, I. Th- I was actually genuinely a lot of the time stunned by how good I thought the kids acting was. Yeah. That's um fair. like yeah, it, it, quite often children acting can be so flat and emotionless and kind of one-dimensional mm-hmm. and isn't yep. really yeah, you can't really get a pulse on what the emotion of the scene is supposed to be cuz they're really not that good. <laughs> Um, so the girl that played Mary was actually 10 at the time. Um, oh, interesting. And the kid that plays Colin is a couple years old. He's like 13 or something like that. Um, but, and then the kid that plays Dickon is a couple years older than that. I think he's like 15. Um, but hmm. genuinely Mary's acting. I was, I was consistently 
pleased with it. I thought it was mm. really, really impressive um, yep. and, and lend it a lot to the film. So what, if anything, do you like about this film? <laughs> I thought my list was more extensive than it was. Mm-hmm. But, um, You're like, oh, it's, uh, I like the font they used for the credits. That was, it's uh, so... I'm, I actually... Uh, I feel like... I don't know what I even feel like here. I feel like when I'm trying to think of something nice to say to someone, but I can't think of something nice to say. So I'm like, well, I really like the way you wear sunglasses it's just one of the things that i like about you yeah you tie your uh, shoelaces like nobody else <laughs> what is that a double windsor no it's just a regular bow wow so it's two things oh my god uh, i just got to spit them out there's nowhere else to say uh uh-huh. i like i did like the setting of england and i do find this time interesting and I already said that at the yeah. beginning, but I do like the dreary, damp, rainy England. I just wasn't expecting us to go there when the movie started in India. I just and love that it's ab- not even really an attribute of the film. It's just like, that's <laughs> that's the setting of the book. And so that's... And the other thing I think is more just like a reaction as a human being than actually about the film. So when Mary had a dream, and in the dream she was a toddler... And yep. she was crying at her mother's departure. Mm-hmm. I actually almost cried, but I think it was more empathizing with a child missing their parent, and in that case, a deceased parent. So, like, I think that was just more a human being reaction versus something that the film did well. Because, again, I was wondering what the heck was going on with these bizarre kind of creepy dreams. So those are the two things that this film did well. Well, I'm glad that you clarified because for a second I thought you were like, and the other thing I really liked about this film was crying children. That, <laughs> that'll save just about any film for me. If a kid is truly upset, like if I can tell that this toddler oh, is heartbroken and, mm-hmm. and, and just... <laughs> Just reeling inside from pain. Um, that's, then I'm that's a check park right there. I am definitely not getting up to go to the bathroom at that point. I am <laughs> I am sticking this scene through because it may just save the film. Free popcorn refill or not, I'm not moving. I'm not no. I you know, until the st- tears stop flowing, I'm not going. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh that's dark. That's pretty dark. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. That's all, all right. I got. Well, on a scale of zero to ten, I'm, I shudder to ask. <laughs> I truly shudder to ask. I'm genuinely fearful. Oh, man. On a scale uh, of zero to ten, how would you rank the 1993 adaptation mm-hmm. of the beloved classic novel, yep. The Secret Garden? I Listen, if I was at the cottage and there was no Wi-Fi and it was raining outside and there was a VHS of this, I still don't think I would watch it. I just, I'm not there. I was stuck. Wow. I did something I've never done before. I am going to give a half grade, like between two numbers. So I really <laughs> wanted to give it a three. 0. 0.5. <laughs> 0.5. I really wanted to give it a three. I'm borderline maybe thinking about a four. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of 10. 
Uh, it, it's really a three on merit, but I'm a sucker for the ending where there was the whole resolution where the, the boys like walking around with the blindfold and the father walks in and like the boy walks into his arms and I was a sucker. So I was like, you know what? I won't give you a three. I'll give you a three and a half out of 10. So three and a half out of 10 just wasn't my cup of tea. Ouch. Yeah. What Ouch. did you give it out of 10? Like how many multiples of three and a half did you give it out of 10? I mean... Oh, man. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, wow. Almost three times my score. Yeah, I mean, there's literally the only only demerits to me is, and it's not necessarily an issue of the film. It's just kind of like, you know, your your film's only an hour and 40 minutes long, so, you know, what are you going to do? But there's Mm -hmm. like, there's like the compression of time period, right? Where like Colin is is an Olympic track runner in in minutes from having never used his legs before. Um, and so stuff like that that in the film, I'm like, ah, uh, this kind of seems to like like we're moving at a certain pace and everything's kind of tracking. And then there's like a 20 minute period where we just start going at a breakneck pace and things are happening really fast and and we're just moving from plot point to plot point to plot point to plot point. Um, and, you know, I don't know, aside from making the film 30 minutes longer, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you negate that. Um, but it, you know... It is what it is. Um, but I gave it an 8.5. I really like this film. I think it's fantastic. I think the performances in it are fantastic. I actually really like the costume design, so screw you. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, I thought the music was great, and uh, which is interesting because I don't often pick up on that. Hmm. in this type of film not always yeah um but i did this time um and uh it actually won an award for its music not like an oscar or anything it Hmm. won like a a film critics association award or something um and uh and maggie smith got nominated for a bafta for her her role in this so yeah i i i thoroughly enjoy it i had a lot of fun um i'll definitely you know Probably not for a while, but it's definitely something I'll watch again. Mm. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be one of the things I raised my children on. Um, That's cool. And so yeah, so screw you and your your <laughs> your like crappy attack of this film. <laughs> you jerk. Listen, I uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it. You don't even have anything. You're like, ah, I'll justify. Nope, I can't. I can't. I, I'm, I'm taking the polite road, and the next time someone offers or suggests I watch this film, I'll say, you know what? I'm going to watch Lost in Translation instead. <sighs> I don't know how. I've, I, I, I often worry. I often worry. I'm like, you know, I lay in bed at night. <laughs> And I think to myself, how does anybody take our opinions seriously when Pete makes comments like that? When he's like, 
when he starts praising Lost in Translation and like, ah, uh, it's just, it's on my list of rewatches. I got to be honest it's with you. It's actually, to be fair, it's on mine too, because I haven't watched it in over four years. I think it's just become like a comedic kind of joke at this point, just because I think I like, I think it's a good film and and like intellectually that's what i remember but i haven't watched it in so long so i'm not sure if it like it may not hold up i don't i I don't think i'll ever say it's a bad film it just might not be amazing well i can i'll save you the time it's not amazing you don't have to it's pretty good from from the last time i viewed it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what'd you watch this week sir uh three things i watched a film from 1998 called the prince of egypt Ah, the DreamWorks, mm-hmm. DreamWorks film, pre-Shrek, and pre-Shrek. Well, this is what put them on the map. Yeah, really. They're animated, obviously animated. And my holy Moses, the castless, yeah, like Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. Ralph Fiennes, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Danny Glover, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. Helen Mirren, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I was going to say, Steve Martin, Martin Short, James Avery, apparently, um, and Sean Connery yeah. is not in this. But the, others, the other names I mentioned were, um, listen, I'm not going to say it's a perfect film. I gave it a 7 out of 10. This is a really interesting film and it's a really good film. And that's and why that's why in 1998 this film cost 70 million dollars to make. Ooh. An animated film because you had that's to pay pretty, all these guys. Yeah. Well, and so here's the thing, the voice acting is great, don't get me wrong, but the reason this film is so interesting to me is A the animation is great. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Just visually breathtaking scenes for an animated film just sounds weird to say, but just like the visual landscapes of the cities and and the 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 the, the desert scenes and and just different even things that push the story along like you'll see backdrops of like statues of other characters in front of t- characters talking that like helps adds context or, or 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 meaning to something someone is saying so just visually really good mm-hmm. and for a cartoon this like this movie has no business being as good as it is the amount of character depth that is given to all the characters, but specifically our main two and Ramses and Moses. Like, I watched actual reviews and critiques comparing this to the Ten Commandments from 1963-ish. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has heard about it. It's a historically prominent film. And there's some things that this animated children's-based movie is actually just far superior. Like, just the amount of depth... Probably what I wanted in in Maggie Smith in this, you know, Ramses isn't just a one dimensional bad guy who's in, and it, maybe he should. They like, go, oh, he's enslaving people in this story that we're seeing, but you see him like with someone who has like character flaws, and he, you see him the way he, he has this like father complex going on and this love for his brother, and so this in this story he's a villain, and you empathize with him. Well, and you missed an important part about this. Hans Zimmer does the music. Like, this is not a nobody film, which is really impressive to me. 
because this is a win. It's not like it's not like DreamWorks. This is the second film they ever made, and it's not like they were coming off of a win. Now they're like, okay, we got this massive budget. The only other film they'd done prior to this was Ants, which was just a blatant ripoff of a bug's life. It was it was DreamWorks opening a studio and saying, "Oh, we can do that." And and it was treated as such. Like I remember reading this interview from John Lasseter, who was the at the time was the the head at Pixar. Um because everyone, yeah, the people were like, you know, this is this is just a, a total ripoff of a bug's life. And John Lasseter was was a part of like he dismissed ants and he said that he had never he never saw ants and he claimed that if dreamworks had made a film about anything other than insects this is this is how pissed off pixar was if they had made a film about any because they're like they're not Pixar's not a bunch of stuck up jerks, right? Like they like to support, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um he said if they'd made a film about anything other than insects, Lasseter would have closed Pixar for the day so that the entire company could go see it. <laughs> but they decided to rip off a bug's life, and so Lasseter was like, No, go to hell. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, you know, you're right. Just to come out of nowhere to fr- from going to that to the Prince of Egypt. Pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm just looking at the cast now for Ants. What is it with DreamWorks, man? Why? What's in Ants? Well, just the first film that they'd ever made, right? Mm. And it's just this animated thing. Yep. Da- Danny Glover. Oh, he's in it. Too. Woody Allen. Oh, interesting. Gene Hackman. Oh, wow. Sharon Stone. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Oh wow! Jennifer Lopez, Kristen really? Walk, uh, Christopher Walken, <laughs> okay. Dan Aykroyd. Oh wow! Like, yeah, geez, yeah. You know, and and that's that's something that just kind of like continues on and on and on and on, right? Like mm-hmm. next they did mm-hmm. Road to El Dorado with Kevin Klein and Kenneth yeah. Branagh, and yeah. you know, so it's that seems to be their hmm. Elton John's in it, and so it's it's just their 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 thing i guess mm-hmm. but i think the lightning in a bottle was for sure prince of egypt yeah well i mean uh, i watched <laughs> it's all oh, true true uh i watched 1992's a few good men with our boy Timothy cruz and uh jack nicholson did you and say Timothy cruz i did that's the greatest and worst thing i've ever heard simultaneously <laughs> uh demi moore kevin bacon Kiefer sutherland for the canadian content uh, you know what? I gave this a six out of ten. It was a fun, you know, courtroom drama, and I feel like that's a genre that maybe isn't as predominant as maybe it was in the '90s or 2000s. But I had a, I, it was a fun view. Is it a great movie? No. Does it have an iconic scene that literally everyone has heard, whether in parody or in seriousness? Yes. Um, and you know, it's got some good acting. It's got some bad acting. It's got some good components, some bad components, but overall I felt it was worth a view for my interest. So I gave a few good men a six out of 10. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I watched, which you actually planted the seed for, is Uh-oh. I watched 2000's The Road to El Dorado. Oh gosh. Yeah. I was just on the DreamWorks bus after I watched Prince of Egypt and Man. you know, 
it is a step down. I I actually liked it a bit more. I watched it in adulthood probably within the last five years, and I was a little sour on it. Right. But I watched it this time, and, you know, I think I had dampened expectations going into it. I was going, you know, this isn't going to be Prince of Egypt, and it wasn't. And for what it was, I thought, you know what, it's fun. The music is good. You know, Elton John, uh, this touch points there. I think I was just buying the Elton John music. And I think just visually, I enjoyed it as well, too, just with, like, the jungle scenes, the vibrant gold scenes, the bright lights, the bright colors. So I think I was just in the, <clears throat> pardon me, I was just in the right zone to watch something that isn't as good as some of the other DreamWorks products, but you know, it was fine for what I was wanting and it wasn't bad. So yeah, I gave I, it a six, a six out of 10. I would have skipped that and gone straight to Chicken Run as their next. I never that. grew up with that. So I, I, oh, no, I, I neither did I, it. but. I don't mind it, but I have no. Yeah, it doesn't pull. My I strings. like it because it feels very Wallace and Gromit to me. Hmm. Right, it's got that sort of stop motion animation. True thing. It yep. seems weird. DreamWorks. Yeah, in the beginning, they were like, you know, the second one, second movie they ever made was Prince of Egypt, <laughs> and then after Chicken Run, they did Joseph King of Dreams. So they oh. they had like a biblical thing that they were rocking for a bit there. And I've never seen that. Uh, it obviously didn't fare as well, or I no, missed the and boat on now it. Now they just make stuff like How to Train Your Dragon and Madagascar and stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I just find it interesting that, like, and then th they did in a short period of time, like in the course of uh, two years, mm. they released two biblical animated hmm. films yeah. um, and then never returned to that well. Yeah. And again, oh my gosh, the Joseph, Ben Affleck plays Joseph. Oh, jeez. Mark Hamill's in it. Like, freaking DreamWorks, oh. man. Where are you getting I wonder this who money did the from? Work, who did the music for Joseph, I wonder? Um, it is done by Daniel Palfrey, you know. Mm. So maybe that's why we haven't heard of it. You know? You don't, no, you don't know, you don't know Daniel Palfrey? I do not. No. No, no. <laughs> no. Doesn't surprise what, me. <laughs> what did you watch this week? Uh just continuing on in the um the MCU stuff. So mm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Avengers Age of Ultron. Are were the two that Age I watched. Oh, Age of Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. James James Spader as the mm -hmm. as Ultron. Yep. So that was uh that was good. That was good. That was that's kind of the you know, that's that one's the one that's kind of a bit of a it's the first real upset to the MCU's um canon, right? Because mm -hmm. all of a sudden you've got you've got the introduction of another infinity stone, you've got the introduction of Jarvis or not of Jarvis. Jarvis is now implanted inside of this vibranium body so he's now vision and so it's just like it's one of those movies that kind of changes everything moving forward it's like uh mm. if you missed that one then you're left with a bunch of questions when you hop into the next one you're like what uh who's, <laughs> who the hell is this guy what happened to jarvis what's what's this yellow stone we're all upset about like what's yeah right right so yeah yeah that was uh i think that was it i do i listen I have tracked down, 
whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on streaming services or the ability to rent or whatever, I have tracked down access to like seven more iterations of The Secret Garden. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm on a kick now. Like, let's yeah. see. At the very least, I think the animated one's only like 40 minutes long or something. So I'm like, yeah, mm. I could throw that on at some point and see. Yep. See what it's going yeah. to say. Yeah. I'll probably hate it, but you know. <laughs> It's you that's the right. thing, right? When like something's near and dear, you're so protective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're, you become such a hard critic of, which is a shame because I think ultimately it leads to you not enjoying things in the way you could or should, mm. right? Because you're like, yep. oh, it's yeah, it's not going to be any good because it's uh, it's not exactly what I think it should be, and so now I hate it, and mm. so, but yeah. It's hard to say. Anyway, sir, wrap it up. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us today. Check out our socials below. Like, follow, subscribe. Give us a good rate and review. Give us a like and a comment. Let us know what you think. And uh, check out our Patreon page. It's a way for you to support the show and for us to give you some perks back. Uh, Check out our merchandise page. And uh, check out our socials for upcoming votes. And stay tuned for more episodes, more movie news, and more wholesome goodness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. I, you, you, <laughs> you nailed that. That was beautiful. That was. Did you, you rehearse that? I did. In my, I, on, secret, gar, in my secret garden. Honestly, when I, when I do when i do the outros to like the news show and stuff with carl it's like mm. it's like the most stressful bit for me i'm always like oh i don't want to do this i don't know what to say i don't know how to say it what are we gonna do yeah yeah sucks sucks <laughs> i i need to get you to like pre-record actually honestly i'll just steal i'll just steal your audio from i'll be like okay pete take it away and then i'll play the clip at the end of every episode. I just pretend that I'm sitting in the episode the whole time and be like, what do you think, Pete? Oh, you got a mouthful of food. Okay, we'll get back to you later. Yeah, sorry, Matt Damon. We ran out of time. We didn't have a chance to get to you, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs>